Welcome to the Fem Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation podcast. Today, I have Andrea Maxim with Maximize Business. Thank you for coming on today, Andrea. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. I look forward to jamming with you. We've had a couple of conversations previously, but always and always good. So I'm excited for this. Let's start with the main question. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? You know what? The earliest place I can remember is um, when I was in school, my parents were watching Dragon's Den and um, we didn't have Shark Tank at the time. I think Dragon's Den came first, uh, the Canadian version. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they just watched it. And I never understood what they meant by, you know, they want 10% of the company or 5% of the company. And then they would go through all these deals and all these things. So my first exposure to entrepreneurship was really watching that show. Then my mom became a realtor. So I was helping her with her bookkeeping. And my, um, my path brought me into naturopathic medicine. And to learn if I liked that form of medicine, I uh, volunteered at a clinic locally and helped run her practice. So I helped set up her website and get all of her bookings going and like set up all of the business side of things. So. I um I luckily found these little streams to kind of give myself exposure because when you are a practitioner which um just for your listeners to know I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor in Canada um we don't ever think about us being business owners at the same time so when we graduate the only way we're going to be successful in business is by creating success, a successful practice. So I was very lucky that I got that exposure early on. And now eight years out, um, we have a multiple six figure business. That's amazing. What was your biggest, uh, learning curve on becoming an entrepreneur and owning and stepping into that multi six figure business? The biggest learning curve has really happened this year. Um, when you're doing it all on your own as a solopreneur or like a sole proprietor, um, mm. you know, everything just becomes down to you. Like you make the shots, you pick your hours, you do what you want to do, that type of thing. And what I learned very quickly is there's only so many hours in a day, as we all talk about. And I have two little kids as well. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a husband who would like to see me. And I also know that I'm creating my own rules here. This is my game and I get to dictate how everyone gets to play it. And I was finding that I was allowing everybody else to dictate how the rules were going to be, even though it was my game. So I wanted to make sure that I you know, took some of the control back. And instead of letting other people dictate my schedule or tell me how many hours I was going to be spending on my laptop, I... Um, took the leap, which was incredibly scary. And now I've um, almost tripled my team in the past five months and started delegating out 
a lot of the work that I was hammering home. And when you think about it, I've now hired people to work an extra 80 hours a week for me. And that's all the work that I would have been doing. So I think the biggest lesson for me was to recognize that I'm not a unicorn, that I can have people do the same things that I'm doing so that I can have my life back. And yes, there is a cost to that, but at least it's not the expense of my health. And now my business will have a lot uh, stronger foundation to grow upon, which also increases you know, the longevity of this business as well. Right. Which is extremely pivotal for a lot of women because we do have a dueling life somehow. No matter how we want to look at it, we duel something else. That's a gift that we have as women entrepreneurs, women in general. But being able to step into knowing where that defining line is and to what extent is probably freeing, I would imagine. You know what? I'm showing up as a better mother. I'm showing up as a better wife and partner. I feel more balanced. I feel, um, I think, more proud of myself too, to have recognized where those limitations are and not just doing it because I have to, setting those boundaries. And I have two young girls, right? So I also want to always, I'm always keeping them in the back of my mind and thinking, you know, I want to show them what a strong, woman can do. And maybe it doesn't bring in as much money in my pocket, but now they're going to have those memories of me coming home, not being stressed, hanging out with them, cuddling with them on the couch, watching shows with them, sleeping in their beds. You know, um, even the way my girls are approaching me is in a much more loving way. Like they're calling out to me. They want mommy to be around. They want me to do things with them. And it just wasn't possible this time last year. And how did it feel when you were in the middle of it not being possible? What, what, what was that feeling like? I think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. At the time, it was just sort of like, well, this is just how it is. Like this is, I have to run my business and this is how I'm doing it. And this is what I, I created. And I'm so like kind of too bad, so sad. I just can't be with you. I can't be present. And the moment that that changed was I remember my husband saying like, we're walking on eggshells around you. You know, you are constantly on your laptop. You're snapping at us for no reason. We don't know how to talk to you. And I just had to talk to Aria, who's my eldest daughter, um, talk to her about calming her down because she didn't know if she could ask you a question because she was afraid that you were going to get mad at her. At that moment, though, when I was living it, it was just sort of like, well, this is how it is. And my family just has to get on board. And now that I've transitioned myself out of that crazy workload, I can see how, how much that statement that he made to me really like kind of lit that fire under my butt to be like, you know what? Money and running a business isn't everything. You can take a little bit of a revenue cut and have your family back. And the business is just going to take off from here anyway, because of the way we're structuring it. But it's just sort of getting rid of like taking the ego out is really what it came down to is letting go of that ego. How did you do that then? Once you realized, once he said that to you, and then you realized that that was, that was a shift that needed to be made. What, what was kind of your first step into that shift? I'm the type of person where when something is being brought to me, a change that needs to be made, I, um, I kind of act on it 
right away. Now it took me a number of months to find the right coach. I sought out a coach who could help me create that infrastructure and create the team and help with the hiring and onboarding process because that was all new and foreign to me. But I immediately knew that that had to be the goal that in order for me to continue to grow my business without, you know, having it all collapse on me and without having my family just like completely resent me, um, it had to happen, but I needed to make sure I was also doing it in the right place because I wouldn't want anybody who's listening and resonating with the story to be like, oh yeah, well, that's what I need to do. And tomorrow they go and hire five people. And then, right. you know, in like a month, they're out of all their cash flow. That's not the right way to do it. But I think that became my new business goal, right? My new business trajectory. And when I kind of reflected on how I wanted my life to look and and what that looked like if I was in that successful business, a lot of it was about being at home and being surrounded by family. It wasn't being in my office for 80 hours plus a week, just grinding on a laptop. So I also had to reconnect with that vision and just tell myself, you just have to make this happen. Well, and that was what your ultimate goal probably was even at 80 hours a week in your office. Yeah. But at the same time, it was coming about the wrong way yeah. at the sacrifice of your goal. And I would imagine that a lot of why it took this long to make that change is because entrepreneurs, I think, love the struggle. We love to to be in like the trenches with each other and and talk about how hard the work is and how many hours you're grinding and how, you know, I think there's a little bit of that pain that we get a bit attached to as an entrepreneur because maybe the more pain we have, it means the harder we're working. And I had to also let go of that story and right. say, that's not what success looks like. And you can look at so many people that have teams and have done this and their life is where we want it to be. But while we're, you know, still in the, the trenches, you know, we just stay there because then we have that pain story that we can tell everybody. And you just got to let that go too. Of how hard it is, how hard you're working, because then that, which I'm resonating with what you're saying, because that becomes the, that becomes the frontline success because you're working so hard and grinding so much of this that then, you know, people are like, Oh yes, you're doing a good job. Keep going. You're doing, you know, and that becomes an accolade that you get attached to. Sure. And we're not sure what the next stage looks like. So we just stick there. Yeah. Amazing. hundred percent. I would have to agree with that. Let me ask you this. What was one bit of advice that was the best advice you've gotten in your entire entrepreneurial journey? Um, I don't, know if I can come up with the answer to that as a one-lined statement that somebody said. I think the best, I think the best level of encouragement, and I might shift your question a little bit, the sure. best level of encouragement that I am so thankful that I have had is that no one in my life, be it my husband, my family, um, anybody around me has ever told me that I couldn't. And that's not something that a lot of people can necessarily have. And I'm so fortunate that I have that where nobody was like, no, you shouldn't be making that investment because of X, Y, or Z, or no, you shouldn't be making those decisions because what if this happens? No one ever um, confronted me or challenged me on any of the, the, the decisions that I wanted to make or the investments that I wanted to make. Everyone, I think, 
um, just knew that I was going to make it happen, which reinforced that I knew it was going to happen. Um, so that's just kind of been this ongoing cheering squad that I've luckily had in my corner. And I continue to prove them right because I continue to bet big and make bigger risks and show them that, you know, you have every right to trust me in this process. So I think that is the, that is the piece of my business success that I ride on every single day, knowing that no one is going to challenge me on it because they just in just, just constantly encourage and cheer me on. That's such a huge benefit to have that too. Yes. So yes, it's not a specific piece of advice, but it's advisory in, in your journey. Yes. And on your hard days, how did that measure up? How how did you reflect back to that or remember that when there are days you're just like, I don't know if I have this. Oh my goodness. Now I am pretty spiritual and I believe in the universe as other people believe in just a higher power. And I can tell you every single time I thought of giving up every single time I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm peacing out. This is too hard. I'm not going to do it. Within the hour, I would get a new patient booking or within the hour, I would get someone emailing me about my services or someone asking me if they could do something like join my business in some way. And so every time I've wanted to check out, the universe has always just reeled me back back in and, and reconfirmed that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. So yeah, the universe is always looking out for me, especially when it gets hard and when I'm being overwhelmed by life events, whether that be, you know, raising children or moving a house, which moving is probably the worst idea for anybody to ever do. It's awful. It's awful. Don't ever move. Um, (laughs) The universe will always find a way to then lower the pressure and noise in my business so that I can maintain the life stuff. And then when the life stuff is calmed down, then the universe starts to turn on the taps. It's been amazing. Um, It's been amazing to see how much all of these things are kind of looking out for me, but I also tap into them and acknowledge them and like share the wins and acknowledge that and say, thank you. And I'm always very grateful for that. So I think because I'm, I'm checking in on both ends, I Mm -hmm. am very acutely aware of that. And I think more um, health, healthpreneurs, that's kind of like my industry, but more um, entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs also need to be doing that too, because as a mom, I know how thankless the job can be. As an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, I also recognize how thankless the job can be. But there's mm-hmm. these little tiny specks that will be presented your way to reconfirm that you're doing everything right and you need to acknowledge them and hold them to your heart and just thank thank wherever that came from and take it as a win. And learning to ebb and flow with the process, a little bit of a surrender, knowing that the long-term goal is the objective. And as you say, the universe or the higher power, that that is taken into consideration because so many women entrepreneurs, we we have the bigger bigger picture, the better good of whatever it is that we are wanting to change. So if we trust that the journey doesn't always look as specific as maybe we originally envisioned it to, but knowing that that's the goal we're going to, and then learning to move inside of that and learning, learning to let the busy times in our personal life be okay and be busy, but also then, you know, acknowledging when it's busy time in the business, that ebb and flow I have found, and I think it's very much paralleling what you're talking about, is what has 
created a little bit of surrender, but then also then open that door for uh, the next stage or the next, you know, point in my business or the next step towards that goal. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship will grow you as a person exponentially in so many different ways if you let it. And I think exactly what you just said is, is reinforcing that statement because you, you learn to surrender, you learn to become hum, humble, you learn to let go of the ego, you learn to reward being of service instead of always being in survival mode. Um, there is a massive personal journey that goes along with being successful as an entrepreneur. And I find the people that maintain that ego and hardheadedness and, and don't look at what the signs are, they're going to have a much tougher struggle than those who are willing to just accept the process and, and let things happen as they may and not fight it or try to find reasons for why things aren't going well. It's mm -hmm. all happening in, in a way to either help you grow or acknowledge or see something that you might not be seeing, whether that be just taking a week off. Like if you've been right. going forever and all of a sudden your calendar is dried up, maybe that's a sign that you also need to take that little space to yourself too. And at this point in my career, I welcome those breaks but I think in the beginning, people freak out about those breaks because they're not comfortable with the ebb and flow yet. So for those mm -hmm. that are just starting out, um, you know, take these breaks as they come because soon enough, there, there won't be breaks or you'll have to hire teams to take on the, the extra flow, right? Absolutely. And the develop, uh, personal development piece, how have you worked with that? Because that goes so much in with this kind of surrender to the entrepreneurial journey itself as we grow, how has personal development been kind of pivotal for you? And how do you do personal development? Personal development from, from my perspective is always remaining coachable. I think that is something that I keep in my brain every single day is that if somebody gives me a piece of advice and this is anywhere in my life, mm -hmm. I always think, who am I to not take that advice. And um, I think you and I have a common mentor of James Wedmore. And that was in one of his coachings where um, he was just saying like, when, when you are being coached, when people are offering you suggestions, it's important for you to not use the terms of, yeah, I've already done that. Or no, I'm not going to do that. You just say, yes, thank you just to like accept whatever the words are that be, are being told to you. And then in your brain, you decide how you want to take that information. I think in the beginning, we become very closed off to a lot of the information that's being thrown at us and we don't know how to filter it. So we just become kind of aggressive and we're like, nope, no deal. Or yep, I've tried that already. I'm not going to do it again. And as you grow as an individual. And of mm -hmm. course, maturity has a lot to do with that as well, right? I also have yes. more life experience now than I did when I first started. I'm seeing the world totally differently because now I'm seeing it not only from my eyes, but from my children's eyes and from my husband's eyes and maintaining that level of a relationship amongst three very headstrong people, including myself, you know, you, you develop that way too. But I think that is the biggest thing that I've always tried to maintain within myself is always remain coachable. If somebody tells you what to do, you do what they tell you because they have a reason for why they're telling you that they've executed it. They've had success with it. So who am I to shut that down? And if I want to try it great, if I don't, then that's fine. But 
I think a lot of that is just coming back to humility and knowing that I don't know it all and mm-hmm. always be willing to learn and just absorb things in as a sponge. And because of that place that I'm taking my interaction with other people, especially people that have walked the path before me, it allows me to grow much faster because then I'm accepting all of their learnings and what they are trying to teach me. And I'm doing it in a fraction of the time. Right. That's, it's like almost a skill in itself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Truly, truly. I know. And, and when you were saying that I've actually talked to my sisters, friends, uh, clients, all the above, uh, before of saying that it's not necessarily the words themselves. It's, it's accepting, like you said, accepting that what they're saying and then saying is sitting down and saying, okay, what piece of that, how does that apply? Mm-hmm. What is the message in this? What is the underlying piece of it? Maybe it's directly, maybe it's indirectly, but being humble, like you're saying, humble enough to say, I still have so much to learn. What is it that I'm meant to learn from this? Mm-hmm. And that coachability is is definitely a kind of a, a stage in entrepreneurship that we will all get to because the more we know, the less we know. Yeah. And you don't know <laughs> you what know. you don't know yet, right? So. You don't. And there's so much of it. How do you define success? The first word that came to my mind is happiness. Mm. And I, I paused and then that's why I didn't say it at first is because that sounds a little bit cliche. So let me explain mm. how I would approach it. I think now that I've structured my business the way that it is, and when I am waking up now, not in a rush, not frenzied, not anxious for the day or flustered by all the things on my to-do list, I'm waking up in a calm state. Mm -hmm. When I do that, I know that everything is set up exactly the way I wanted it to be. If I start my day where I am frantically getting up, it's chaos with two young girls getting them out the door in like a half an hour. So that is a a whole whirlwind in and of itself, but there's ways of managing that where I'm not compounding the business stress or the relationship stress because there's tension between my husband and I, or because there's all these deadlines looming. If I can kind of sail through my day on my own schedule and um, everybody is happy and calm and we genuinely give hugs and kisses when we say goodbye and and hugs and kisses when we come home and everybody is really contented. That is what success looks like to me. Mm -hmm. So it's happiness, but it's happiness being radiated towards everybody because anybody knows if one person in the family is stressed, the whole family gets it. It like reverberates. If one person at work is stressed out, it changes the whole space of how that business is going to run. So when everyone is contented, I know we're doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And what works for you in that space? I think that's where the creativity can flow. The new ideas can start to come to me, the reflection on things that need to be improved or things that we need to work on. It's just a lot like my brain is clear. I'm not in that fight or flight state. I'm not, you know, because when you're in fight or flight, you notice nothing and you notice everything all at the same time. It's just having that ability to, to breathe and just allow things to come and freely get my work done without feeling stressed or pressured. And we accomplish a heck of a lot more and a lot more quality work when we're coming from that state than when it's frantic, haphazard, you know, um, what's the word? 
when you're doing multiple things, multitasking, multitasking mm-hmm. is crap. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you're multitasking, yep. your day is not going okay. So, um, it's, it's that level of just calmness. Mm-hmm. Cause multitasking is mediocrity on all levels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest, the biggest thing I thought of when you were saying this, like, yeah, because we all say that if we don't focus on one thing, then we do, a, especially with branding and messaging, let's put it right there because so many of us work on our branding and our messaging. And it's like, be specific, you know, make sure you're talking to your ideal clients. Yes. But if we're also doing all the things across the board in our business, we're still doing the same difference. Yeah. You know, we're not ma- being super specific and intentional in that one specific arena, you know? Mm-hmm. So yes, multitasking, but a lot of women actually pride themselves on multitasking because they're able to juggle so many things. And I was one of them. I was there same. and I was like, Hey, I'm the best multitasker ever. And when you are performing at a different level, you start resenting multitasking. You Mm -hmm. feel the stress and the pressure come back when you're multitasking. And I would challenge to say that I wonder if when we're multitasking to the levels that we do, if it's also making us feel like um, we're needed in multiple places all at once. And once again, that's ego that's feeding our ego, making us feel good about ourselves, making, making us feel wanted. And unfortunately it's still, you're just not giving everybody the space and the time and the energy of you that Mm -hmm. everybody deserves. You you feel like you're doing a good job, but you're not. (laughs) Well, and if you took stock of the families, you know, for those that have families or spouses or, you know, loved ones that they care for that are in their day-to-day life, if you take stock of that, they may actually tell you, that, yes, you know, you're in the living room with me, but you're not yeah. really there. You yeah. Know? And, and sorry to interrupt. I was just going to come back to that whole laptop story is I didn't have an office until we moved into this new home. So when mommy's down in her office, everybody knows to just give me space. So you can also compartmentalize your multitasking too, right? Just mm-hmm. by saying, okay, when I'm doing this or when I'm performing this act or when I'm in this room, um, just pretend that I'm not here. When I come out of this room, I'm fair game. And I think those rules also need to be implemented, especially if you're working from home. Mm-hmm. What about the cell phone life? Um, yes, that is something that we're that we are definitely working on. Mm-hmm. Now, my cell phone use is predominantly for work. Um, mm-hmm. I rare, like I don't scroll social media. Most of the influencers that people ask me that I should know, I don't know them. So I just don't get involved in that space as much. Um, but I typically, because of, again, how I've structured my business, as soon as my girls leave, which is about 8am and I can put in a solid day until they come home, which is typically five because we have them in after school care. Mm-hmm. I'm usually done most of the things that I need to do. And or what will happen is if I'm and I'm going to translate phone time to laptop time as well. Um, If the girls want to spend time with me and I have a bit of extra work to do, they'll just come into the office with me and they'll usually use their iPad or my phone while I'm um, on the laptop. So at least we're still in the same space together. But the girls also know this is mommy's office. We have to be quiet and respectful. So it's also teaching them boundaries as well. But yeah, the the phone time is definitely something that we're working on. And that's just always going to be a work in progress. So I'm not going to lie. Think- I'm on it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And I have there some days is there's more of a love hate 
really, some days it's more, I hate it. Some days I love it. Some days I'm just like, it's useful, Yes, <laughs> you know, so whatever yeah. bucket it falls into, but also being able to not be super hot on myself when I'm trying to work through to another level on say my phone use or my laptop use or you know, none of this is perfection for me. Mm-hmm. It's a work in progress. And I believe as entrepreneurs, we will always be a work in progress and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're moving forward towards the bigger goal of what we're creating, the change we're making and the lifestyle piece of it that we're incorporating our families into, I feel like then as long as we're moving forward to it, I'm not super hard myself, but neither should other entrepreneurs be. Don't beat yourself up for it. If maybe you haven't made that separation of your laptop and your family's living room. That's okay, but work on it. Be aware of it, stare it down and say, this is how I want to proceed with this. I don't want this to be the norm. So how do I step towards that? And a big part of how I would end that statement that you just made, which is so powerful, is um, being completely transparent with your family about Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. I think a lot of the growth and personal development also comes from not hiding things from people. And with my girls, yes, they are three and five, and I am 100% honest with them about everything. So if they ask me why something is the way that it is, I tell them exactly why it is. If somebody dies in a movie, they understand that that person is dead. It's not, you know, oh, they just took a sleep or something like that. Like we try to be dead honest with our girls. So when they know that I'm on my computer and I say, look, like Aria, I just need to get this done for an hour. Please just let me work. Or this is why I'm sitting with you. I'm so sorry. Is it okay if I just work on my laptop? They tend to be fine with that because they understand it. But Mm. I I found when I was constantly making excuses like, oh, I'm just going to be a minute or, oh, I'm just going to be on this for like a couple of minutes and then I'll play with you. I would be lying to them because a minute turns into 60. Or if Aria was sort of like, hey, I want to, mom, do you want to play dolls with me? And I'll just straight up tell her, no, I don't want to play dolls with you. I don't want to color with you. I'm sorry. It just isn't something that I want to do with you. It's not Mm -hmm. how I want to be spending my time with you. Right now, I'm going to be doing this. But what we could do is we can go shopping and we can go get a new craft. Or I would love to snuggle with you and watch a movie or something like that. So while that sounds a little bit harsh coming from a parent... I also just want to be honest and and say, like, I'm not going to be present with you if we're playing dolls because I really just genuinely don't like doing it. But I will be present with you when we're doing other things, you know? So it's kind of being honest across the board. And giving them the, that opportunity to see, you know, the honesty across the board is okay. You know, they can ask and someone can say, it's not my thing. You know, but this is if you want to do this, you know, and they're free to say, no, I want to do this right now. Totally fine. You know, so, so that, that yes and no factor, that's such a life learning lesson, especially with kids is that yes and no factor and that honest, you know, strictly honest feedback as we converse and communicate and walk through our day with the kids Mm -hmm. um, is very important because that helps them understand that when they go out in the world, see the detriment is the opposite effect is saying yes to everything they want, you know, that is good and, and, and okay, even though we don't want to do it. And there's a little bit of that, but sitting in there and saying that, did they go out into the world and their peers and their peers are like, no, I don't want to do that. And they're just like, wait, but everybody always wants to do this with me. You know, so it's just a yeah. little bit of a disadvantage for them. Yeah, it is. It is. And parenting, oh, parenting <laughs> is tough, man. Like trying to be a good parent is just not 
I think, well, let me put it this way. I don't think I will ever be a great parent. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I don't think I will ever be a great parent. And yet at the same token, I'm always looking forward to that conversation that I'm going to have with my girls 20 years from now, where they may be like, oh yeah, mom, I remember you're on your computer all the time. But I also remember that when you closed it, you were there for me. Or I also remember that we were able to go on vacations whenever we wanted to. Or I also remember we were able to go to the store and I could get that treat and we didn't have to worry about how much it was going to cost. Like there's, there's so many different ways that you can be looking at how this is all going to play out. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I just take it from, you know what, I'm just going to be straight up factual and honest with my family and just let the cards fall where they fall. Right. So tell me how for you personally, do you think the entrepreneurial journey has changed you? I know that I'm an awful employee. So <laughs> I, I know right off the hop that I could not do anything else. Like people telling me what to do just does not work. Um, so I think I would be coming home incredibly stressed and angry and unfulfilled if I were to be in any other career path than this one. This journey was my path. And it was something that I was always supposed to do. And it found me and I just wrote it. So the person who I am today is 100% because of this path. There's no other comparison that I can offer you. Um, but the people that I have met, the the changes in how I look at the world, the way I am, the more spiritual I am, the more open I am to um, improvements within myself without it being... I remember a time where I would always take offense to everything. Everything somebody said to me, I would immediately get on the defense. And now I just welcome it and say, okay, how can I take this and actually grow from it and learn from it? I think the way I communicate with other people has dramatically changed because now I'm not coming from a place of, again, ego and defense. I'm always like, okay, how can I communicate with this person so that they feel heard, so that they get what they need, so that you know I'm getting what I need out of this conversation? I think everything, every part of my being and how I approach things and the lack of stress that is coming with this while it is stressful. And yes, it is long hours. And I've only, I've almost been in this business for 10 years and I'm still pulling 80 hour work weeks easily, mm-hmm. but it's work that I genuinely like to do. I think all of it has just turned me into this calm, open, receiving type of person versus where I was you know, a decade ago, where it was all about me and being very selfish and very being very egotistical. Yeah, I honestly don't even I couldn't even imagine what my path would look like. If I were to go a different way, I just couldn't even imagine myself there. Yeah, I I feel that because it is who I am because it's who I am. Yeah, it's in it's this was ingrained in me. And I didn't realize that it was until it had to be. And then working through the struggles of what the early stage looked like and carrying on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my my big mantra that I have for myself is I'm just going to outlast everybody else. So I knew that this was a long game. I knew that this was a 30-year career plan. I knew that it wasn't like get successful, quick, rich you know, scheme of some sort in the first couple of years. I was like, whatever I do now is going to pay off 10 years from now. Whatever I can pull out now or learn now is going to pay off 10 years from now. 
And um, I know Gary Vanderchuk talks about that a lot, about how this is the long game. It's not a quick fix and people have to just get over it. And I think if you also allow that space to be like, you know what, this year was a really crappy year, but next year, because I did all of this work, next year is going to be so much easier. If you start looking at things that way, it takes a lot of the stress and pressure off because you know, it's going to work out. Right. And, and you're building a foundation for it to yeah. work out. Exactly. What's the, what's the trajectory and the next stage of your business look like? What are you looking forward to? Uh, so now that the team is all in place, we um, just finished our second 90-day employee meeting this week. So we now have two like fully onboarded people. Um, I am completely out of one of my clinic spaces. Nice. So the future is going to be getting another person in uh, the second of my third clinic spaces. So I will be completely out of delivery in those um, areas. And um, I don't see a reason why we couldn't make it to high six figures, if not seven figures next year. I just know that we have all of those elements in place that if we can hit this ground running, I just see us hockey sticking in the next uh, one to two years. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely exciting. And of course, I know I'll be along watching your journey. Yeah, you too. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to yes. watch you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of thoughts and goals in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of, this, is, this has been quite a foundational year, um, kind of reframing that foundation. You know, so it feels like that for myself as well. But tell the audience where they can find you. The best way to find me is probably on Instagram at Andrea Maxim ND. And if there's questions that are coming up from this episode or a way that you would like to reach out to me, then send me a direct message right there. But if you'd like to check out my website as well, it's www.maximizedbusiness.ca. Nice. Okay. Guys, check all those out in the show notes. They will be linked. And I want to thank you for coming on today, Andrew. This has been a really great conversation, a great interview, and a lot of depth around the whole perspective of you as the entrepreneur, as a mother, as a wife, as the whole picture. Because again, that is what we do. So I appreciate your perspective in there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Guys, as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.